Hey baby, we hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Wow. They're calling again. Welcome to We're Not Listening, the Frasier Recap and Advice Podcast from Molly Shea and me, Nick Francomano. Today we're talking about the sixth episode of the first season of the landmark sitcom Frasier. That episode is titled The Crucible. It's all about life in the fast-paced, high-stakes world of contemporary fine art. As finally, you, finally, we're hitting a little too close to home for me. We're right in <laughs> Molly's wheelhouse this week. It's very exciting. As those of you listening out there, no doubt already know, very Molly <laughs> is one of the world's preeminent young performance artists. And of course, I am one of the world's most preeminent collectors of contemporary fine art. <laughs> I have an extensive collection of original shays here in my home. A whole a whole uh, I have a whole treasure trove. I have an entire IKEA Billy bookshelf of Molly <laughs> Shea originals and that's basically my retirement plan at this point. Gosh, I hope, you know, hopefully I will die a, as a young performance artist and make some of that worth something. <laughs> no, I want you to live a, a long and fulfilling life, Molly, but I'm just saying, you know, perhaps for my children or my children's children, you know, these these uh, ceramics of yours that I have could be could be game changing. Could yeah. be game changing. You know, I, I hope so. And uh, but you know, like I don't. I'm still not sure. I understand why this episode's called the Crucible. I'm not sure why this episode is called the Crucible either. It doesn't seem to have anything to do. What's the Crucible about again? The Crucible is about the Salem witch trials. So mm. they made the movie with Winona Ryder where she was one of the girls whose uh, Tituba, their Barbadian slave, had got them to worship the devil. Right. Or, well, allegedly. Right. Allegedly. I mean, I can kind of... We'll get into it. I can kind of get it, but it's barely there. It's, yeah, it's it's not quite all there. Anyway, this episode begins... I have a little... I have this in my notes. I want to mention this. You know, I, I'm not going to plug my other show, but I will say that the mixing board that we have in the radio station is... And this says a lot about the radio station that I'm on is exactly the same as the one that Roz is. The first thing we see in this episode is the mixing board, the levels on the mixing board. It's exactly the same one that we use in the station, which means that the one in our station has not been replaced. But it's the in 40 finest years. of technology for 1996. 1993. Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I was happy to see it because I haven't been able to actually go in during the entire pandemic. And actually use a board so it was you know that was a little nostalgia kick for me anyway it's funny because there's whole ass people born in 1993 and like you know they want to be treated with respect even though i'm like a 1989er and i'm barely in the 80s well, i still am if like you were a 1987 chad like myself you would know that uh 89 ain't nothing oh i know i mean i was born at the height of the cold war you were born when the wall was coming down it was very different feeling. yeah you know a lot that of was things two... came and come down on that was two whole years <laughs> that i could have been vaporized by soviet aggression yeah that you missed out on anyway but I do like those uh, TikTok kids who don't believe in uh, 9-11 because they weren't alive yet. Oh, or the ones who don't believe in Helen Keller. <laughs> what? That's I don't like know the, about that's that. That's like the new conspiracy theory on TikTok is that kids don't believe that Helen Keller existed. Wow, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Let's not focus on the horrors of today's dystopian hellscape. Let's retreat into the warm cocoon of Frasier, please. Yeah, where we need to belong. The sepia tones of Frasier. That's, you know, it's like oh, yeah. the olden days. Yes. It's the entertainer. Yes, I, I am. I'm, I, hopefully that song is in the public domain by now, I presume. I, I can bet only it is. presume. I mean, anything that could be played in a ragtime uh, player piano, I feel like is, you know, up for grabs. Well, you should also, listening out there, you should tune into our ragtime podcast, Syncopation Nation. Yeah, it's only uh, recorded once a month on that very special ragtime. It's recorded di <laughs> It's recorded directly to a player piano reel. You can only listen to it on a player piano. <laughs> All right. Anyway. And in a moon hut. Um, so This episode starts... Frasier is, and this is a painful feeling, not to go on and on about being a radio personality, but when you're not getting any calls, when you can tell that no one is listening to the show, it is a very painful feeling. And Frasier is suffering 
The show is flagging. No one is calling in. And to get people to call in, he basically holds them hostage to his singing voice. He starts singing when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, a.k.a. That's Amore. Um, <laughs> Which, honestly, I would... I would be delighted to listen to Kelsey Grammer sing songs all day. I'm a, I'm of two minds about how this scene goes because it's a little too, you know, as a prominent member of the Italian-American Anti-Defamation League, I feel like this week's episode, this scene leans heavily on Italian stuff where Frazier exoticizes my people in a, in a way that I find highly problematic. I'm but, for it. Frazier starts singing when the moon hits your eye and then somebody calls in and the question that the guy has is that you know here's here's a regular Joe which if you're a regular Joe why are you even listening to Frazier's show but then also the guy's advice question is he wants to know if he should go to Italy with his wife or if he should buy a new sump pump for his basement and of course what is that as a okay a this comes person. this comes up because Frazier doesn't know what a sump pump is either a sump pump is okay Normally, plumbing works by gravity, right? What carries the water out of your house and down the drain is just gravity. But in the basement is lower. Like, if you have flooding in your basement, that's lower than, you know, where the water is going. So you have to actually pump the water up in order to get it to drain out. Mm -hmm. So, frankly, if I were giving this person advice, and I love Italy. I, I've traveled all over Italy. I, I, you know, I get why Frazier loves it, but I would have told this guy to buy the sump pump instead, instead. of going to Italy. Well, maybe by uh, seeing how the Romans have figured out fountains and aqueducts. It's true. You could figure uh, out something yes. other than a sump pump. <laughs> well, here's the thing is the Romans did not have sump pumps. That's yeah. what was so impressive about the Roman aqueduct system is that everything in Rome was gravity fed. So, you know, so, maybe you know, going little, to Italy is a good idea. That's just a little historical plumbing trivia, which I think is what people really, you know, tune into this podcast for. And so... How do we get to the point where he... We get the story moving because Frazier is saying you should go to Italy so that you can fill your life with beauty. And then because Frazier has just bought a painting by Martha Paxton, the preeminent neo-fovist of his time, he is bragging about it on his show because he's filled his living room with beauty. He's filled his the living room of his soul with beauty, much in the way he's telling Gary listening out there that he should go to Italy to fill his you know fill his own soul with beauty so then so it's basically like the the uh the decision between getting something frivolous or getting something practical yes it, precisely uh and so it turns out see this is what i'm talking about though like why is gary you know johnny sump pump listening to fraser's show because the other people who listen to fraser's show it turns out listening in the audience is none other than martha paxton herself and yeah. so she calls in after the show to say, you know, thanks for promoting my painting on your show or whatever. And Frazier decides he's going to throw an impromptu fancy cocktail party so that he can impress all of his fancy friends with his not only with his Martha Paxton painting, but with the presence of La Divina Paxton herself. And uh, I love when... Uh he gets out off the phone. Ross is like, I didn't know you're having a cocktail party. And Frazier's like, I didn't, I didn't know either. either. <laughs> yeah, but this is, I mean, this is something that I like about Frazier is that he gets this. And I guess in part is because I'm dying to go to a party. I would kill to go to a party. I've Especially said this on the podcast. Especially a pretentious one with art people. Would love it. <laughs> and that's literally how you and I know each other. Just to throw that out. Wait, was that wasn't an art party, was it? it was that Max, wasn't Max art. Duck? Does he count? Shout out to you, Max, if you're listening out there in <laughs> podcast land. Uh, okay, it wasn't like Frasier's party, but it was a party where everyone there. I mean, they're all art handlers, aren't they? So it was, you know, that art, was an that art, was an art, art that adjacent? was an art scene party. Absolutely, it wasn't a fancy one though. It was no, it was, it was blue collar artists. <laughs> oh yeah, very blue collar, very you know, very down to earth, just like me. <laughs> I think if I'm at the party, you know that it's not a blue collar party. I think that's that's the litmus test. If but, I sh if I show up there, then you, you know that you it's a fancy to, party. You used to be, you know, like what, three weeks ago, you're talking about how you're a man of the people. When, when I was saying I was a man of the people, the people knew I was lying. I knew I was lying. You know, that's all, you know, we're all on the same page about that. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um. Remind me... 
once we're through with this episode, I have a conspiracy corner for this episode. You know how I like blowing your mind with like my weird ways of understanding yes. what I'm being your, uh, your Your queer theory, conspiracy theories about Niles Crane's repressed homosexuality incarnate in the form of his unseen wife, Maris. Yes, correct. I think you could legitimately someone out there, and this is maybe a comment on the state of academia today, but somebody could write a PhD thesis about that. Hey, maybe I'll go back. What else am I doing? Do it. Okay. But um, yeah, I have a conspiracy for this, but it won't be good until we're done with the episode. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll come back to it. Okay. We'll come back to it. So we go to the next scene. We get the title card. What a swell party. And then we're in the cocktail party, and we can see that Frazier is very high strung. He's, you know, he's thrown this party to impress all these people, and he wants it to go just perfectly. And this is one of the only times where I feel like you see Frazier, you know, pull rank on Daphne, because Daphne yeah. is talking to these fancy cocktail party people about what happens when you die. You know, she's sharing her psychic wisdom with these people who, honestly, you know, if you are. A society person, and you you love to be charmed by you know these eccentrics. That's, exa yeah. that's exactly where I belong in fancy parties. I've realized mm -hmm. is I'm the one that says crass things that just tickle the fancies. Okay, but if you are <laughs> if you are anyone in this episode, we'll come to it. You're not Daphne in this episode. I don't think I'm the artist though. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, here on we're not listening. We report. You decide. Okay. <laughs> uh, out there listening in the audience. So Frazier hustles Daphne away from the fancy people and is like, go get some more toast points. And I feel like he's ashamed of almost anyone who represents his day-to-day -day life because then Martin starts showing murder photos to like, you know. Yes, Martin, we come back to the weeping Lotus killer case from a couple and episodes ago. And more about, information about it. Oh my God, <laughs> I love how this goes. Because Martin, it turns out, is talking to the woman who is the head of the Seattle chapter of the Junior League. I went on a date with a girl who did Junior League what, once. What is it? Well, uh, I didn't get to find out too much more because I may be a fancy cocktail guy, but uh, not fancy enough, perhaps. Anyway. So you didn't get to be Senior League with Junior League? I did not get to go to a Junior League dance, no. Well, what is it? Is it just like Cotillion? It's, it's like an old-timey... Well, you go to Cotillion so that you learn how to be a member of Junior League, basically. Junior, It's like a women's charity club. Okay. Is it similar to those, like, Daughters of the Revolution? It's almost exactly like that, but Junior League is more explicitly focused on charity. Okay. Daughters of the American Revolution is more about, you know, preserving the memory of the historic American nation. I will say about DAR that they'll let anybody in now. You can have a, a very tenuous connection to revolutionary times, and they'll... They'll, find, they'll, they'll have their genealogist find somebody if they want you in. That's interesting. Well... You know, are you saying it's not? <laughs> Listen, these things used to mean something, yeah. Molly. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> um, so basically, Fraser is just running around being. Fraser is running around. Yeah. Well, I, I've got to. I've got to say what Martin tells the lady from Junior League before oh, I yeah. went off on that very unsympathetic tangent about it. The lady says to Martin, "Aren't these Swedish meatballs the messiest thing you've ever seen?" <laughs> and Martin says. No, and starts showing her the crime scene photos of a prostitute who was dismembered and spread all over a warehouse. So this like, mystery gets weirder and weirder. I am so, I feel like the Weeping Lotus Killer right now, you know, they have that show Clarice that's coming out now where it's like a spinoff of Silence of the Lambs, but just about, you know, the rest of Clarice's career in the FBI and it's like, this is the grit, the dark and gritty reboot of Frasier that we need. Frasier is getting rebooted. Oh, yeah. Frasier's coming back to the Paramount streaming thing. And thank you to thing. everybody who's like sent us little heads up about it. Yeah, because honestly. We're about to get relevant. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. We're here. We're on the scene, ready to go. In the zeitgeist. <laughs> but I would, I would watch the show that was just like the Frasier prequel series like Benedict Cumberbatch Marty is Martin Crane, Crane <laughs> like on the trail of the Ooh, Weeping Lotus cast? Killer. I kind of know who I would cast. As young Martin Crane? Well, it'd have to be a British guy because yeah. it's already a British guy in, in the original and all actors are British now. Yeah. Um, I would do um, Martin Freeman. 
Martin Freeman. You know who's good in, I like the other new show that I like, the, the show that I actually like, because I think Clarice is dumb, but the show that I actually like is Resident Alien with Alan Tudyk. That's my recommendation of the week. But I would do Alan Tudyk. I think Tudyk Who's could- Who's Alan Tudyk? He's the sad robot in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. You'll know him when you see him. He's like one of those guys, but I think he could play Martin oh, Crane. Oh, that guy? He could play Martin Crane. No, his face is too long and he's not friendly looking enough. He can play friend. Oh, like here's the other thing is Martin Crane becomes friendly over the course of Frasier. When but, he's, but he's on the trail like a, of the weeping lotus he's killer. He's got a jack-o'-lantern head. You need someone with a jack-o'-lantern head. Like a Martin Freeman, a Simon Pegg, someone who's got like a big circle face. Not Simon Pegg. I, I mean, Simon Pegg could, not, Simon. could not carry it off. Anyway, let's move on here. Let's move on. So Frasier... He's, you know, very exhausted. We find out that da uh, Niles is at the party. Maris, of whom, of course, we never see, was so exhausted. This is what Niles says. She exhausts easily under the pressure to be interesting. And so she's gone and just fainted under the pile of coats in Fraser's bedroom, which, you know, Maris, come on. Uh, <laughs> a lot of these rich ladies, you know, I think now this is even less common than it used to be, but they would just like, you know, you would get a vitamin B12, quote unquote, vitamin B12 injection that would just be speed. Right. You know, that's kind of what they used to do. Why don't, Why doesn't Maris do that? Or maybe you should just be confident with being really boring. I'm getting sick of these himbos trying to be smart. Gotta just chill out. Okay, it's shot across the bow from old Molly <laughs> Shea there. All right, let's, let's, not, let's not even touch that one. Let's keep going here. All right, so Martha Paxton's running late. They get a knock at the door. Frazier thinks it's going to be Martha Paxton. It's Roz, and Roz looks great. This is when we see, they have Roz kind of dressed down for the first few episodes. This is where Roz comes in. She takes her coat off. She's got an elegant cocktail dress on. Yeah. It's wonderful. Frazier, of course, is not. He says yeah. that, oh, wow, you have a neck. That's as nice as he gets with Roz. She, her neck looks great in it, too. I mean, a woman with a great neck. Like an elegant swan, that Roz. I, I, you know, I love a giraffe woman, and I'm not going to make any apologies for it. <laughs> okay. And then, so, basically, uh, Niles walks up to her, and Roz is, like, trying to say, like, hey, it's me again. But before, you know, it's very apparent that Niles does not know who Roz is once again. He basically puts her on babysitting duty with, with Martin. Oh, to get him to stop showing crime scene photos. Yeah. yeah. And then they, okay. So, uh, they go into the kitchen and Niles and Daphne are in the kitchen alone together. And Niles has to go to the refrigerator and get ice out of the refrigerator, which in the nineties was a big deal to have an ice. Even now I don't have an ice machine in my fridge. You know, not but one. Niles, not, I have one that, but it doesn't go like into the cup. Niles gets the ice out of the refrigerator and he's like putting it on his forehead because he can't be alone in a room with Daphne. Daphne's got him hot under collar. Yeah. And he, um, she's like smelling like, was it sage or something? Or I can't remember. I some herb. Know what. And yeah. Anyway, and and it becomes yeah. a way for him to sniff her hair. The party is just getting kind of out from under Frazier's control. Eddie, the dog is eating the duck hors d'oeuvres right off the table. Uh, and, and then finally, right when Frazier is at the breaking point, Martha Paxton finally arrives fashionably late. Naturally. Yes. She comes in. She's a complete. She, okay. We were talking about this before the episode. When we see that, we see the painting before Paxton shows, and it's a very boring. It's like a blue abstract uh, field, like with black and a little bit of green. Frazier calls it a neo fovist painting, but I don't even. I, I, I've never heard that. I don't. Th is neo fovism a thing? You're a master of the fine arts. I think it's just I something think... they made up to sound pretentious for the show. No, I think that's real. I, th I mean, let's look it up right now. I'm not. I'm not a beyond google um but, but <laughs> neo-fascist neo comes up um yeah oh but this is nothing like neophobism so mar and martha doesn't look like a neophobist she comes in she's a total cue ball she's got a shaved head yeah awful very 90s but terrible yeah this isn't even her paintings don't even look like neophobism it just looks like really snoozy abex or so that's one that the writers selected just to sound pretentious yeah. or well what we discover anyway we'll come to this but she comes in she looks like Kathy Opie she doesn't look like I don't even know if she looks like Kathy Opie she looks like uh, there's like this performance artist she's like a Santa Fe Kathy Opie 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more like that. She has the physical presence of Kathy Opie, but the uh, the wardrobe of a turquoise lady, a lady who sells turquoise on the highway. Yeah. I think that there's like a performance artists that are like both bald and like, you know, take a bunch of like cutie photos together. I'll have to figure out who they are. But she looks exactly like that duo. She comes in, she's wearing a poncho and she's Frasier offers to take her coat. She doesn't have a coat. She says, may I take your poncho? She says, I never take it off at parties. It gives me an excuse not to shake hands with people, which is when you are a fancy snob and you've brought the eccentric artist to your fancy snob party, that's exactly how you want them to behave. Yeah. You want them to bring that element of, you know. Danger. Something, yeah, social <laughs> danger into it to impress your friends. So, And, of course, Niles comes up right away and sticks his hand out, and she won't take it, so he just... Wiggles. wiggles her poncho, grabs yeah. the hem of her poncho and wiggles it. Um, and so Frazier makes a big scene. He brings Martha into the middle of the room. He shows her where this boring I, I, painting I, is displayed. I, uh, I hope we can have a section just of him explaining the artwork. Can we have a pause here? The way you insinuate the palette but never lean on it. You've captured the zeitgeist of our generation. It is the most perfect canvas it has ever been my privilege to gaze upon. I mean, one can only imagine what inspired you to paint it. He goes off on it, and it's the kind of dumb stuff that I would say if I were talking about a painting and trying to impress someone, too, so I, I like it. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> and then we discover, to Frazier's horror, here he is on the stage of the Seattle society scene, and we discover that the Paxton that is his pride and joy is a forgery. Terrible. She disowns the painting in front of everyone. She says, I never painted that. I've never seen this wretched thing before in my life. So maybe she actually is a neophobist. Yeah. And Frazier has, you know, just been taken for a ride by the unscrupulous art dealer. Frazier is obviously devastated. We go to the next scene. Frazier is talking with Martin about it. Martin, we go to the next scene. Martin is saying to Fraser that he should date Roz. Yeah, and, and Fraser doesn't even like. Fraser doesn't even dignify no. that with an answer for and another it, and eleven of course, seasons. Of course, Martin likes Roz. Like yeah, because she's great looking and she can hold her liquor. Yeah, that's what Martin says about <laughs> her. Daphne comes in. She loves the painting, which is even funnier. That makes Fraser hate it even more. <laughs> that it's like it's not a real painting, and of course his maid likes it. So now he really has to get and rid of it. And then Daphne thing. says a little dig and says, "I don't think that woman bathes." No, <laughs> neither do I. But here's the thing is if you're going to have an eccentric artist over to your fancy cocktail party, it's kind of better if they stink. Oh, okay. like, keep that in mind. It lets them know, <laughs> lets people know that like, yes, like I'm beyond you. Like you may be a part of their society, but really you don't care for these bourgeois norms. Like you, <laughs> you're supposed you, to smell like the earth. <laughs> here you are with this avatar of, of uh, authenticity. And you can tell because it hits the nose, <laughs> hits the palate. Like a fine cheese. Yes, like a ripe Gruyere. <laughs> uh, so, That's why the French are so pungent, because they're so artistic. <laughs> I, you know, I won't get into my theories about that. And we'll just we'll just go on to the next scene. Frazier goes to the gallery because he's going to try to get a refund from this unscrupulous art dealer. And I, I love, love this gallery. the gallery <laughs> that they go to. What the 1993 gallery looks like. It has like a big black and white checkerboard thing. It's so full. There's columns by the door. Oh, of just dumb like Pomo 90s art like. And like the cheapest set props you can find. Yeah, well, because the people who make sets on tv shows are people who are you know are, are artists and no artists went to art school and stuff like that and i think this is the set decorators the art department on the show is taking a shot at maybe their more successful classmates <laughs> well i don't know yeah maybe that's the case because there's some real stinkers on that set yeah but i i uh, my day job is i work in a gallery and i feel like every once in a while um me and my co-worker will dress like 1990s. Oh, exactly. Well, that's the look now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely still the look. solid. Because they come in, they're wearing like black on black, like Ar slim Armani suits and stuff. They're wearing, you know, and it's like a severe bob, a severe black bob. Oh my god! And so the the gallerist is so slick, and a lot of these 
are, you know, not to offend our many listeners from the world of art galleries, but a lot of these gallerists are real uh, shady characters. Well, so and to speak. I, I loved how this guy's technique was for for shining Fraser on, as yeah. he says, "You are shining me on." Uh, but the guy is perfect. He he basically spoon feeds Fraser a sip of Loire Valley wine. He's got Fraser pegged as the kind of guy who would be impressed by that sort of thing. Uh, he tries to get Fraser's autograph, which is also like, okay, Gary the sump pump guy listens to the show, but also the guy from the art gallery listens to the show, and Martha Paxton listens to the show. Who like? It's the only show. Well, this is like to, that was in the in the nineties. There really was more of a, a media monoculture. And yeah. so everybody was tuned into it. Now, this was before everything Sirius was splintered. Sirius FM. And well, we're making cords. extremely niche content right now. Like the, you know, and I've actually wanted to talk about this for a while. Maybe We're Not Listening wasn't a good name for the show because very few people are. Very few people are listening. But, but I feel like we have very good core. The fans. people who are listening, thank you to you. Bless all your little hearts. I mean, you, you recognize you're in a niche demo here of weirdos yeah. well people who can be friends we're with about me and to, Molly to and, not be yeah. niche once that Fraser. when the recap comes yeah we're gonna hit the big time we're yeah. gonna we're, this is like we're gonna go viral i'm pinning all my hopes on it i'm gonna get like uh free vacation and stuff because i'm gonna put it on my instagram oh yeah i can't wait for um to become an influencer a Fraser fluencer yeah um so basically like this this gallery director is just and that was the thing that kind of confused me, actually, before we go into all of his techniques, is how doesn't Frazier already know the gallery yeah, how director hasn't met if he guy? already bought the painting? Where did he buy it from? He, presumably, he bought it at that gallery, right? So but, how does he not know this guy before? Okay, well, I'll tell you what happened, is that Frazier bought it off a gallery girl. That they had some, you know, some little model girl working in the gallery. And that, that, I guess we that were... That bob-haired lady? Potentially, or like you know, you go into some of these galleries and they have these like nineteen-year-old, you know, maybe a, maybe a girl who's too short to be a model, but you know, smoking still, you know, that would Fraser would buy a painting. Fraser would buy a painting. I mean, I feel like he would also buy a painting from anybody who blew smoke up his ass enough. Of course, of, and that's how the guy knows to blow the smoke squarely into Fraser's chimney. Yeah, yeah. And and so basically they're they're hemming and hawing and Fraser's kind of realizing he's not going to get anywhere. With he's this not going to get his money back. Well, this is funny. He keeps going. You are shining me on, and then he follows the guy around. He says, "I am not leaving. I am not leaving. I will not leave." And then the title card for the next scene. Dot dot dot. After he left. Yeah. After he left. So Fraser takes his forged painting back to the apartment. And he's talking to his father about what he should do. And the father, Martin Crane, tells him, you know, call the police and ask for the, quote, fine arts forgery department. And you <laughs> see that Martin is struggling not to crack up as he says this, because obviously there is no such thing in the Seattle Police Department. But there actually was such a thing in the Los Angeles Police Department, the fine arts forgery department. And yeah. it was it was just disbanded over the summer after that's, uh, that's the protest to cut the police budget. But yeah, now people out there are being sold forged paintings left and right here in the City of Angels My with no time recourse. Is now. Yeah, well, Detective Shea? I no, can see no, it. no. Other way around. Oh, to sell forgeries? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. But I mean, imagine being... I think they only had two people in the fine arts forgery department. And so imagine being the only police officer with an MFA... Like the, on fired. the only police officer from CalArts, they didn't even fire them. They just moved them to be like regular cops. So like, yeah, you have a master's degree in neo-fovist painting and now you're writing speeding tickets. Like, oh, uh oh, man, that's a bummer. Anyway, I'm sure you're all listening out there saying, you know, uh, you know, all cops are bastards F the police, even if they have a master's degree. So, you know, we'll we'll just let that one. We'll let that issue lie and move on <laughs> with the show here. And so, I mean, and the thing that's funny about this is that, like, Martin first, like, tells Fraser that he will handle the art gallery thing. And Fraser's like, no, no, you don't know anything about art. And is, I think that Martin actually could have fixed this pretty quickly because he yes. doesn't have any bullshit. No. And because, listen, if you can't intimidate 
a gallerist after having been a homicide detective for 30 years, after having been on the trail of the weeping Lotus killer, I think you could handle, you know, the girl with the bob from the art gallery, the guy who tries to, you know, shut Frazier down with a slice of Gruyere. I mean, honestly, like, I'd take the gloves off on this dude. I'd mess him up a little bit. That's how I'd handle it. If I were a cop? Oh, if you were a cop. Hell yeah. If I were a homicide detective? Yeah. Well, I mean, that that does sound like their tactic. <laughs> I'd hit him with the phone book. Oh, God. Because <laughs> it distributes the force. It doesn't leave any bruises. You get you, you, you get him in the chair, Nick. you handcuff him behind the back, and then you work, him, work the body with the phone book. And this is how Nick collects paintings. This is how I got all my paintings. Absolutely. <laughs> Frazier has basically been whipped up into a level of anger that is like un like you can't he cannot come down from it. No, he, well because he's been humiliated in front of all of the cream of Seattle society. And then didn't get his money back. Didn't get his money back. Got and then shined. Got up, gaslit. Got played like a punk by the gallery dude. So yeah, of course he's taken it badly. And then I can't remember. Oh, Niles is yeah. Fra Martin tells Frazier that he should just forget about it and move on. And then good advice, Frank. Niles good advice. and Daphne come out of a, the bedroom. Yes, because looking... Maris lost one of her earrings. Niles and Daphne come out looking guilty, and we discover it's because Daphne was looking under the bed for the earring, and I think Niles was uh, taking in a view of the moon, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> A full moon, for sure. And uh, you have a cute little moment of Daphne's psychic ability where she's, like, talking about all the locations the yeah, earring she, Yeah, is she going. holds the other earring to, like, attach to its psychic power. And she says, it's in the bedroom. Wait, now it's in the hallway. Now it's here in the living room. And then we see Eddie, the dog, run across because the dog ate that earring. So, <laughs> And this doesn't come back, but presumably they're going to have to follow that dog around uh, <laughs> to get that earring back. And so Niall sees that Frasier is clearly amped. Yeah. And Frasier starts talking about, you know, I'm going to go throw a brick through that guy's window. I'm going to get justice. And he's really, he's brooding and scheming. And Niles is alarmed. Con yeah, concerned for sure. Concerned. And we go to... Also, I feel like this episode had a big budget. We had many Well, there were so many episodes changes. where it was just in the apartment. But this episode actually has two special sets because it's on the street set, which is the standing set on the studio lot. But then they built a special set of the gallery, which I think was an easy set, probably as that sort of thing goes, not a very complicated set to build. But still, like yeah. any like that's they never go back to that gallery, right? So I don't think so. And you actually see Niles driving a car. He's driving a sweet yeah, 1990s Mercedes S-Class, I think. It's a great-looking car. Uh, obviously, Niles is a man of exquisite taste and that sort of thing. Do you think it has a moonroof? I know that it has a moonroof. <laughs> I'm positive that that car has a moonroof. That car is fully loaded. That is a fully loaded 1993 S-Class Benz, and it looks good on Niles. Um, and so basically <laughs> yeah, Frazier, we go to the next scene. It's called peach fuzz and <laughs> Frazier is skulking about the streets of Seattle after dark. And he's got a brick behind his back, which I guess it's something in the tap water in Seattle, perhaps, but the people there, you know, love bricks. Oh, they, I mean, they're smashing windows. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Frazier's not exactly the Chaz type, so to speak. He's not the WTO maybe, type, maybe, uh, but something something up there makes people want to smash in windows. <laughs> maybe Frazier was just ahead of the curve. Absolutely. It wasn't until 1999 that they had the Did WTO ride that, in Seattle. That, uh, you know, uh, therapist yuppies were actually the... Uh, the first Antifa? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Frazier comes out, and you can tell that he's not actually suited to this type of activity. He's hiding the brick behind his back, and he's he sees he, he keeps, keeps seeing, charging and then going away. Well, he sees that there are like witnesses out and about, and he's on the street in front of the gallery, ready to smash it in. Niles rolls up in the nick of time in the fresh S-class bands and gets out and tries to convince Frazier not to do it. He tells the story of having been bullied in 
quite in a boarding school. humiliating way. Uh, I mean, but this is why people are so soft now is that they don't allow them to bully each other. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. That's the thing that's going to offend people this week. All right. But, um, but basically he gets like his clothes get stolen and then put on a... They run his clothes up the flagpole. This is a classic prank, Molly. This no, is... it's a a football. Oh, the, oh yeah. They run the po- they run the clothes up the the. Football, I'm revealing myself you? now not to be a man the of the people, why? but I don't know. I can't remember what this thing is called. The goalposts. The okay. goalposts. I was blanking on that. You should have been bullied more, and then you'd remember what that was. <laughs> I honestly wonder sometimes. I honestly wonder. Yeah. Anyway. And so he basically has to crawl up there naked to retrieve his to retrieve his clothes. And the coach of the football team is doing the ends or the the touchdown. He's putting his arms in the air. You can't see what I'm doing, but he's making the touchdown symbol. <laughs> he's making the good symbol. And so then all of his like classmates are laughing, and Frazier's like, "Why are you telling me the story?" And, and it's because Frazier stopped Niles from taking revenge. Niles was going to put sugar in the gas tank of the coach's car, which. For those of you who don't know, that destroys a car. You can't, you have to like do quite a bit of work to get a car to work after that. And he says, uh, if you act like a barbarian, you will be a barbarian. Barbarian. Yeah. Like you, you know, you don't get to their level. I recall there is a Japanese expression uh, before you set out on a journey of revenge, dig two graves because Mm. you will lose yourself. That's not from the show. That's just from my. That's heavy. That's my deep experience there. (laughs) But. Um, and so basically like Frazier sort of settles down hearing, hearing this and, and he's then like, Frazier starts telling Niles, like, you know, you really were the bigger man, especially after that. You didn't take revenge after they came up with all those cruel nicknames for you. <laughs> and when Niles hears that his nickname after this, uh, goalpost incident what became Peach Fuzz, which I guess no one ever said it to his face, but they call and him Jingle Bells was Peach, another one. Yeah, Peach Fuzz and Jingle Bell. Uh, he takes the brick out of Fraser's hand and he smashes it through the window himself. And I love it. It's I so good. Love he Niall. throws a brick well. He throw well, like you know, he's got that rage bubbling up in him. And honestly, you know. These guys had it coming. They effed with the Fraser brothers. They, you know, you, you tangle with the bull, you're gonna get the horns. Baby. I kind of wish they had stole the cause out of that gallery too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Of all the statues that were pulled down over the summer, truly the cause statue getting pulled down was the most tragic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, are you ready for Conspiracy Corner now? I'm, yeah, hit me with the conspiracy, okay, please. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we were already talked about how the woman who came to Fraser's party did not look like the kind of person that would make that painting. Oh, I'm ready for you to blow my mind. I see where this is going. I'm ready. I kind of feel like because the painting had the signature on it yeah he bought it at a gallery they said it was authentic maybe the woman who's just a random caller on the radio (laughs) is not the artist it wasn't and it it was was a a, performance artist it was a real painting and it was a fake paxton yeah oh oh man right oh you're blowing my mind over here because like that would have been a great performance piece to go to fraser crane's party and tell him his painting is fake i'll tell you what i like about the series that it, it brings back you know really kind of maybe where raz is uh phoning it in as a call screener I mean, <laughs> I kind that, of, uh, I kind of, uh, that it is a f- maybe she's in on this performance. Oh, scene. if it was a real painting the whole time, I love it. And Frazier and Niles are just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets moved to the bathroom for no reason. <laughs> like, okay, if you think you have bought a forgery, you should have an appraiser come. You yeah. should have someone who knows comes and tell you for sure before you go out and throw a brick through a window also you can ask for um certification of authenticity yeah you can you know (sighs) fraser i guess you know just to kind of make it more of a show they had to go there but yeah there were there were certainly other options before vandalism and so do you want to want to give this our cafe latte score yes uh, last week's episode of the pod which was, you know, delayed getting put up and also pretty loosey-goosey because we recorded that one after dark. After hours. And that was Frasier <laughs> after dark. Molly and I are drinking coffee now. On that one, we were drinking something else. Um, 
we were we were a little loosey goosey. We neglected to give the show last week's episode a cafe latte score as well. So let's do two cafe latte scores. Well, I'll have a double short, low fat, no foam latte. What was that last episode about? I don't even remember, but <laughs> I give the last episode of Frasier, Here's Looking at You, the telescope episode, oh, okay. the peeping episode, I give that six and a half cafes latte. I give that a seven. Seven cafes latte. And this episode, what do you think? I'm gonna give this one seven. 7.75. 7.75, seven and three quarters cafes latte. I give this episode nine out of Whoa. 10 cafes latte. That is my ranking wow. on this. I We got to see Niles's car. We got to see- Raza's hot bod. Raza's <laughs> elegant neck, her swan-like neck. We got to, you know, you see, our first glimpse of Rage Niles. Rage, absolutely not the Niles Rage Machine. We got to see Frazier flying off the chain. You know, I, I, I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Wow, nine out of ten cafe lattes. This is, I believe, the highest score that I've given out. It is the highest score. So you give it seven and three quarters. I give it nine out of ten. Uh, I can't do arithmetic in my head because I, I have a give, humanities degree. So. Yeah, I almost gave it an eight, but I feel like there is just something. Something missing. Yeah. Something missing. Well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. And so we have a couple of questions coming. We have in. some questions. Uh, do we have a caller? Or are we going to our reader mailbag? See if we have a caller. <laughs> Okay, and joining us on line one is one of the preeminent DJs of Southwestern New England. Kara, DJ Dayglow, you're on with the pod. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? We're not listening. Hey. Um, <laughs> so my um, question is like, you know, I've DJed a lot of different places and like shown art at a lot of different places and done a bunch of weird art events. But like, how do you really know that you've made it as an artist? Um, that you're not just like bullshitting anymore. You're not just saying it. You're not just like, um, you know, uh, yeah, bullshitting yourself even. How do you know mm. that you've made it as an artist? I don't know. I mean, if you're like... I think that uh, like that uh, Buckaroo Banzai quote comes to mind. Lay, where... lay it on us, Molly. Wherever you're going, there you are. Okay. Well, that's very <laughs> zen. And, you know, that's... <laughs> like, you know, uh, or... And if I were... Rocky Horror Picture Show, don't dream it, be it. If I were an artist, that <laughs> is what I would want to believe. But I would say that oh, no. you know you've made it as an artist. Like, if they're flying you to Rome because you've got a show at Fondazione Prada, um, then that's pretty big. I if think that like, you know you've made it as an artist when you can um, deny an institution uh, the ability to collect your work. Oh, definitely. Yes. That's when I think you've made it because like there, there's been a couple of people who have like basically told museums to stuff it because they don't believe in their political um, affiliations. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like when you know you've made it because you know that you're going to keep selling artwork even without these. Even without Wilbur Ross and Steven Mnuchin getting to buy your paintings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's, that's yeah, a real that's high level. Cool. That's pretty big. Okay. So let's do a little mm. role play experiment so that you can visualize that you are, you know, really at the pinnacle of the art world. Okay, Kara? Yeah, thanks. I love Okay, love so it. you be you and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be somebody, okay? And Molly, you chime in whenever you like here. See if yeah, you can be, pick see be if you somebody. Can. Okay. <clears throat> I try to be someone every day. <laughs> <laughs> a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring. Oh, um hello. Hello, it is a me, a Signore Prada from the Fondazione Prada in Roma, Italy. Our building, it was built by a Mussolini. It is so nice, the building. <laughs> and we want to oh, put... A, <laughs> we want you to DJ the Mussolini birthday party here in our beautiful building in the Fondazione Prada. Now, what, oh. do you, what do you say to that? Yeah, now, what do you say, Kara? Oh, you know... Uh, 
sounds cool, sounds hip. Okay, see, uh, already but, right now, you're kind of giving the Mussolini guys a little bit too much uh, slack here, Kara. Yeah, I'm your, I'm your art dealer. Kara, do we have enough money uh, to yeah, have right. you not do the exactly. event? We have to pay our handlers. Get out of your mouth when you're trying to hire me. Come on. <laughs> Kara. <laughs> Oh, but Cara, it is going to be such a tasteful Mussolini birthday party here at the Fondazione Prada. It is going to be so nice, so we're going to have a deep fried zucchini flour. Mussolini's favorite appetizer. You're going to have to find some other, uh, you know, fascist DJ who's really going to take up this gig. Because it ain't going to be me, y'all. Oh no! A Mussolini birthday is a ruined. How are we gonna pay? How are we gonna pay our assistants this month? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I hope that this visualization exercise was helpful for you. Yeah, and I think to we get should, to that level. I think now that we've gone off about it, we should double check if it is Fondazione Prada that's in the Mussolini building. It's a great looking building. There's one in Beverly Hills that looks just like it, but I mean, you know. <laughs> Anyway, art looks really good and like yeah. terrible. Uh... Yeah, you want to? I want you guys to fact check this. I don't want anybody, you know. I, we don't want to get sued by the Fondazione Prada. Well, we, I wouldn't. I would hate to ruin their annual, you know, Mussolini birthday bash <laughs> just because of my little podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know, uh, it's really a thing about confidence, and if you just keep visualizing, be rejecting uh, politically abhorrent. Uh, parties and just remember the country code for Italy is plus three nine. So if you see that on your call ID, just don't even answer. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah get get a uh, get a pump instead. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for calling, Kara. I'm glad we could help here on. We're, We're not, not listening. listening. Wow. Thanks so much, guys. Well, I'm glad we could help out Kara there. Uh, and remember, if you have a problem that you'd like us to help you with here on We're Not Listening, you can get in touch at our email address, which is we're not listening at gmail.com. And it it's looks either, like we're. It's it either like that we're. or is it we're not listening podcast? We're not listening podcast at gmail.com. We're not listening podcast at gmail.com. But you know, it's probably better to try to go that Instagram. Yeah, get us on Instagram at not, not listening, listening podcast. And so we have a couple more in the mailbag. In the reader mailbag. Well, let's <laughs> yeah. take a look at those, Molly. Hit them. Hit them. Um, one uh, listener asks, how do I make NFTS? NFTs. NFTs? Yes. Uh, like the art Bitcoin thing? Yeah. I don't know, and no one knows, and anyone who knows is scamming you. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that what you have to do is um, go on to... Uh, what is that? Oh, that that world building place? Second Life. Yeah, go to Second go Life. Go into Second Life. <laughs> <laughs> Buy all the mods. Buy every Second Life, yes, yeah, skin for your character. <laughs> so get the one yeah. where you can fly. Get the one where it's. Remember, they tried to do get the the one that looks like Fraser. They build a oh, Fraser verse yes, in Second Fraser Life. Fraser in Second Life. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, the, possibi the possibilities of this are incredible. And then that's where you have to sell all of your artwork and make sure that you're getting your, um, was it Martha Pack Paxton? Yeah, Martha Paxton. Original. Oh, you, could make a, you could be Martha Paxton in Second Life. Yeah. So even the real Martha Paxton, whether or not that's the real Martha Paxton at the Frasier cocktail party, yeah. even that Martha Paxton is not the real Martha Paxton. Yeah. And Whoa. then you sell all this stuff for Bitcoin and then, I don't know, buy yourself a self-driving car or whatever. Bitcoin cruising $52,000 this morning, I think. <laughs> not that I checked. <laughs> um. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that uh, hopefully that ha answers your question. I mean, I feel like if you're going to go through all this trouble to be an artist and basically be doing like... Is it internet scam crap? Just become an internet scam crap. Just sell fake Martha Paxton. Yeah, just just like be a get into old fashioned soft, forgery. Soft but I guess the point of that though is that like if it's if the art if Fraser knew that his painting was secured by the hard crypto of the blockchain, he could never be defrauded at his fancy cocktail party. Yeah. Ah, see? I mean... See, already this episode exposes, you know, a, an opportunity for tech to help art. 
and it's strange because I feel like as a performance artist, like everything I do is incredibly ephemeral and like you had to be there and like all this crypto shit like really just takes it to the next level of invisibility. Yeah, but crypto never goes away. And that's the point. It's what about always the on the of, blockchain. End of machines. Okay. <laughs> I I honestly what if, when, are you more into like a I got into I got yeah, I got into crypto, okay? No, I'm no. Not gonna, uh, are you are you it, more but. a um what is it? The singularity kind of person? No, I think that's all BS. I, I basically just think, you know, I for a long time, my thought about Bitcoin was it was better to be in actual physical gold and silver, physical metals, because if, you know, the uh, like this year, I really thought the apocalypse was happening. And it turned out to just be boring and lame. But for a couple <laughs> of months, I really thought I had been right for years and I was like it's happening everybody thought I was crazy but who's crazy now <laughs> turns out still me turns out still me uh, and that made me really reassess that you know none of this computer stuff is going away so you might as well have internet money because the internet is gonna you know real life is being uh, phased out internet life is all that there's gonna be we're never gonna be able to stop zooming oh my god oh my god <laughs> okay we have one more question alright hit us um, this comes from Crimping Iron the Clown. Oh, Crimping Iron, our caller from last week. All right. Um, and they are asking, how can you, oh, sorry, how do you calm down after spinning out from comparing yourself to your peers, artists you admire, godhead, geniuses, and biblically correct angels? Uh, okay. What you do is you take that feeling and you use it to fuel your grind. That's true. Fuel your hustle. I think that like you my get good son. My ego has become so inflated that I just don't want to do anything anymore. Well, I mean, when you're the best, what's the point of comparing yourself to the I know, but these, mental peasants of this world? These little whippersnappers coming up <laughs> with their crypto art. Oh God! Yeah, you got to get on the blockchain. That's my advice: is uh, you know, incorporate the blockchain. Yeah, the blockchain. I want to be like a virus in the machine. Whoa. <laughs> Well, that's about that's it. Our advice. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we don't have a sign out. Uh <laughs> and again, if it's some other Italian fashion company that has their headquarters in the Mussolini Is building. Is it the Marichanos? No, because they're Marcianos? in the Masonic Temple here in LA. But they could be other places. Before we wrap things up, a little housekeeping here on the pod. Again, if you want to have your advice questions answered on the show, if you want to be a caller on the show, Get in touch through our Instagram. That's the best way to reach us. Our Instagram is at not listening podcast. So hop up on there. Take and, a peek. Uh, me and Nick are both on here. So it's fun to message us because it's a you never know who's you answering don't know back. who's going to talk to you. And, and sometimes that, it's both of us. Sometimes it's both of us. Sometimes. And this is rare. It's neither of us. Whoa, what? It's the blockchain. It's the blockchain. It's the blockchain. <laughs> well, and also, if you are interested in being a caller, I think we're you know usually we record i guess we're gonna do fridays fridays now. or saturdays going forward yeah usually around noon we're ready for people so now you know and now the show is over all right let's get out of here Goodbye. until next week until episode seven adios bye uh, or as i would say arrivederci arrivederci principessa ciao bella ciao, ciao. ce la podcast <laughs> 